Hey guys, welcome back to another episode here. I'm Nick. And I'm Brett. Brett, you don't have to sound so happy there. You know what? Maybe I am happy. Okay. Maybe I'm happy with myself being Brett. Maybe you're just projecting on me. Maybe really you're unhappy with yourself, Nick. Oh, you're right. I'm I'm so unhappy. But you know what would make me happy, Brett? What's that? Knowing today's topic. That would make me happy. Oh, gosh. Today, we've got a very important topic to discuss. Really, it's sort of at the center of engineering. The engineering? birth of the Industrial Revolution. The... Mm -hmm first great child of chemistry, the steam engine. Oh, I was going to go with nuclear bombs, but, you know, hey. we could, you know, take this in a whole other direction. I mean, nuclear. how do you think a nuclear power plant works? It's Uranium? really just a steam engine, except instead of coal or whatever, you're just letting uranium do its thing. You're still just boiling fucking water. Are we really? Yeah. I mean, I've never exactly looked at a diagram for, you know, nuclear 101, how to create a plant for that. So how, so how does it work? Because I actually don't know. Well, the nuclear stuff gets real hot. I like that. And it I like takes that. liquid water. And it turns it into steam and the steam expands and gets real windy and then you run it through a windmill and the windmill spins a magnet around and it makes electricity. Hmm. I like it. I dig it. I mean, the nuclear stuff's a bit fucky. You know, you, you have to... It's not burning. It's not a chemical reaction, it's a nuclear reaction, it's absorbing neutrons, and because this one isotope of uranium has bizarre properties, it'll shatter when it absorbs all these spare neutrons floating around in heavy water, and Jesus. it breaks in part and releases a ton of energy and heat and stuff, and then more neutrons, and they keep going in a chain reaction. It makes water real, real hot. Or so you know, a, a city, real, real hot. So all you're saying is, is a nuclear reactor is nothing more than an uh, overly complicated steam engine. Uh, nuclear power plant is, yeah. That's what I meant. Huh, okay. Well, it's something new every day. So, obviously we're talking about steam engines and what, you know, what, what steamy stuff is, obviously. The uh, but I think we should ask the question what is steam? What makes a steam? The steam, well, well this is an important question. I mean, before you can get the steam engine, really, you have to have enough chemistry knowledge figured out to, to know, like, when you boil water, it makes steam. And not just, I mean, people knew that 
since you know creation of fire and all, but like, well, so you make boiled eggs. They they weren't always sure that like air had volume or mass or anything. Like the ancients didn't know or give a fuck about it, really. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they should have given a fuck about it. I mean, it would have like propelled well, us into the industrial revolution. Air was an element. Well, their economic reasons they didn't do that. But that's not as fun. Oh. Uh, but yeah, you had to have like Bernoulli and Lavoisier and all these French guys figure out enough to know that, like, hey, this, uh, these gases under pressure do funny things. Uh, fluid mechanics. My eggs old up, it, it gets bigger, and that's an important thing to know about steam engines. Have I ever told you my love-hate relationship with Bernoulli? I imagine it was the same as everyone's relationship with Bernoulli. That guy really got around. I mean, his wife flipping hated him. Yeah, I wonder why. His mistresses didn't even like him that much. Oh, I didn't know he cheated on his wife. That sucks. Like, oh, I don't no know. I'm, I'm making stuff up at this point. Oh. <laughs> I knew that. I'm on the same page. <sighs> I knew that. No, his formulas are... They're not, like, overly complicated once you start studying them, but once you, like, get away from, like, the simplistic Bernoulli's equation and start looking at, like, different scenarios, it's like, what in the hell? And then you get like these weird concoctions of like square root of this to that to this to that. And it's like, it only works under the assumption of like two or three variables. And it, it, it's, I hate it. I, I, I think for new, like fluid mechanics could be so much simpler if they just like didn't. But, you know, obviously you don't get your wish when you're going through school. And it's annoying, Brett. It's very annoying. And I feel like Bernoulli's equation has some effect on all the steam stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about Bernoulli in particular, but yeah, being able to, to relate yeah. pressure and the fluids and stuff is good if you're trying to do a steam engine. Yeah, I mean, the the ancients were screwy, you know, they uh, weren't too sure that, yeah, I mean, they, the ancient uh, Greeks and Romans, one of them tried to do a steam engine, but it wasn't a very good one. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen Heroes steam engine before. Actually, it, It doesn't have, like, a piston or a wheel, it doesn't really do much besides it's, it's a big tub of water and you build a fire under it and pipe the steam through a whirly gig and the gig whirlies. Some question. What is it called? It's called Heroes? Yeah, like H-E-R-O. Heroes engine. Interesting. You've got me intrigued, my friend. I'm looking this up now. H-E-R-O. Okay, Heroes Engine. I see a diagram. Okay. Yeah, it's just a tub of water uh, that 
you build a fire under, make steam, and pipe it through a little spinning ball, and the the steam just jets out of the ball. It's not moving a piston, or it's not making a vacuum or anything. Uh, no. It's just shooting out and spinning. It's not really doing anything. It's not really uh, doing any work in this either. You know, it doesn't have any practical usage, and you really couldn't do something like this. I mean, however, okay. there was. It's proof of concept, though. Thousand years later, or whatever, there was a guy in Turkey who did the same thing. Uh, okay. Or something what, similar. What would he gain from this? Like, what did he do? Well, uh, it was a similar thing. It was a little uh, uh, tub of water that you boil steam in and shoot it out through like a, a whirly gig thing. But his okay. was actually able to do a little bit of work. He was able to spin a kebab. Spin a kebab. <laughs> yeah, just, just to roast meat on a fire. I like it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it seems silly, but I mean, in Germany or whatever, they bred like a particular species of dog to do the same thing. It would just run in a hamster wheel geared up to the to the roasting spit. Because mm -hmm. I mean, like the alternative, you know, if you're a medieval dude trying to spin a whole hog on a on a spit over a giant fire all day, well, usually I'd have like a crippled blind child or something. You know, some uh, someone that society wouldn't have seen as important enough to do anything else besides sit there and turn a spit all day. Yeah, I have some feeling OSHA would get involved and might frown upon that. Yeah, they, I mean, it's it's obviously hot. It's next to fire and all. So yeah, have I mean, you've already got a fire going to cook it. You might as well let steam spin it a little bit. But I don't think it really caught on. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, also, these uh, basins that they're using to heat the water and stuff aren't that great. I mean, oh, can, if you can put, they not handle the heat? Well, yeah, heat and pressure uh, hmm. don't make stuff like copper too happy. Wait, you know, it, I'm assuming it explodes, right? Oh, yeah. It was... Uh. Uh, Steam engines used to explode a lot. Did they? Uh, it, yeah, I mean, they're under super high pressure, under high heat, for long periods of times. So yeah, they just exploded a lot of the time. Yeah, that's no good. Eh. Yeah, let's just blow this up. Casually spends, like, what? I mean, back then you probably spent, like, a good fortune building this thing, because there's no, like, you know... Harrison, I was about to say Harrison Ford. The uh, who's the guy who made uh, interchangeable parts? It was it was General Motors, but who was the guy? Henry Ford. Is that Eli Whitney? No, Eli Whitney is. That's the uh, cotton gin. Didn't he do replaceable parts? Mm, I don't think he did. If he did, it was simplistic parts. I think the guy who's credited for that is. I keep saying Harrison Ford, like it's Star Wars, but that's not right. Who came up with replaceable? Yeah, after uh, Whitney invented the cotton gin and made a ton of money at it, 
uh, you got hired by the U.S. government to make interchangeable parts for guns. Apparently. Is that like a, a, I mean, I guess. I I just thought it was... At least he's credited with it. Apparently, uh, his demonstration was a bit of a fake. Uh, He popularized and maybe didn't invent it. Blah, 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 blah. So wait, so I thought General Motors came out. Was it the assembly line he invented? I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking Ford about. Right? Kind of popularized the assembly line, yeah. Unnecessarily. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm remembering my schooling a little differently. Necessarily replaceable Damn. parts. Yep, right here. Interchangeable parts popularized in America when Eli Whitney used them to assemble muskets in the first years of the 19th century allowed relatively unskilled workers to produce large numbers of weapons quickly and at a lower cost made and repair replacement parts of parts infinitely easier okay uh of course it was for firearms and guns that i believe okay all right eli whitney everybody good stuff what uh hmm so then why do i keep going back to the assembly line stuff from the cars who was that guy was that here ford ford okay oh i'm learning so much today brent did you know that so anyways uh it's really <laughs> make a steam engine economically practical yeah you had to be able to mass produce good enough quality iron or steel for it to not explode under pressure Mm. and when they started out making these steam engines you know they were sometimes a bit squirrely Uh, a lot of the times you know they, they were just starting to mine tons of iron to, to mass produce this iron, you know, it was sort of a uh, vicious circle where if you wanted to mine more iron and you needed to pump water out of these mines and mine stuff more efficiently and you you got better machinery to help do that and then you could get more of that and drive the cost down, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so these early pumping engines didn't even have like like a piston or a wheel or anything. It was just sort of running on a vacuum system. It was just somehow shooting steam. It it was just like Bernoulli, I guess. It was uh, just uh, sucking the water out by lowering the pressure. Mm. Uh, But they figured out that you could channel it into these pistons and get lots of pressure in there. And move shit up and down. But even then, it was just like driving a pump. It was just a beam, like a lever moving up and down. Uh, Once they figured out they could take that piston, take that beam, and hook it up to a flywheel to keep... uh, It would would work a lot better. It would reciprocate and keep going and uh, have better momentum. Yeah, I have 
so what came first, the steam engine or the steam boat? Not steam engine, the steam boat or the like, uh, like a steam locomotive is what I'm trying to say. What do so you really, think, Bud? I would say the steam boat. Oh, what came first, steam boat or the steam locomotive? Yeah. Oh, not. Uh, oh, you, you thought I said something else. Yeah, you said, what do you think came first, the steam engine or the steam train? I fixed it because I, I realized what I said, which is what came first, the engine for the steamboat or the steamboat before its engine. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Well, I mean, they had unpowered mine carts and stuff and horse-drawn wagons before the steam engine. I mean, it was mostly for mines and all that, so I think the... Really? Yeah, like like I said, it was for iron mines and all that. It was a vicious cycle. Are you familiar with a man named Thomas Newcomen? Yeah, he was one of the guys who first worked on the steam engine. Yep. Uh, 1712, which I'm like, that's... I mean, we, we use steam a lot nowadays, but for different purposes. It's just like 1712, we had something like that. It's like, holy hell. Yeah, I was pumping water out of a mine yeah no the, the thing that i'm getting stuck on is the 1712 part like what is it columbus sailed the ocean uh the ocean blue 1492 and four yeah 1492 and it's like that's basically the 1500 yeah, 200 so, later we're coming out with the steam engine yeah i mean this is 65 years before the declaration of independence and all that Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So pretty early, you know, a lifetime oh. before American independence, uh, started fooling around with it. Yeah, but it makes you think. It's like holy hell! It's like a lot of events. Like you invent this one thing, and a lot of events happen. It's like what the hell? And then you yeah, know, I mean, it, it, starts it, to get it was sort of slow to get adopted. I mean, stuff moved a lot slower back then. You didn't have telecommunication and uh, your economic institutions weren't used to changing as much. Yeah. Uh, Are you familiar with a James Watt? Not to be what? confused with... Would that have anything to do with the guy that we named the unit of power after? Is it the unit of power? Is it the unit of work? I can't keep anything straight. What? Wow. No. We made a punny. Yes, we did. No, this James Watt guy, a Scottish engineer, made significant improvements. He introduced a separate condenser, which dramatically increased efficiency by reducing the heat loss. Watt's engine was a key factor in the Industrial Revolution, powering factories, mills, and locomotives, which I got from a sciencemuseum.org from the UK. So I'm going to go on a limb and say he is the guy that invented the Watt. I think that's my favorite thing of this podcast episode. Watt? I don't know if he came up with it himself, or if they just named it after him. Sometimes it happens. 
Yeah, I always find that a little fucky wucky because, like, isn't it true? Like Nikola Tesla invented the light bulb and not Thomas Edison, but then it's like it's I just what we're taught. Don't think that's quite right. Or it was something like that. But it always gets screwy wooey, you know. Um. I think he worked more on horsepower, and that later they just named the watt after him. See, he, apart from his work on steam engines, Watt invented the copying press, a device, ironically enough, that makes duplicates of written documents. Copying press used a combination of pressure, ink, special paper to produce accurate copies of letters, drawings, and other written material. The invention was significant, blah, blah, blah. Scientific instrumentation. He developed the micrometer for measuring small distances. That wouldn't be that hard, I would assume. Simply take whatever length of measurement and make it smaller. Um, doesn't oh, the unit of power is the watt is named after him, symbolizing his significant impact on the field of engineering. But it's not based off of anything electric-wise. Which I find peculiar, considering he did steam engines. Wouldn't that require some kind of electricity? Huh? So, like, steam engines, right? They require some kind of electrical component, right? What? Don't they? Or am I just tripping? Where, where do you think the electrical component is? A starter, maybe? To get it going, or I mean, I know the you you like the fire and does the moving parts and everything, but I'm just I, 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 for some reason I thought there was an electrical component in this. No, it's it's a it's a all thermal all thermomechanical. I mean, there's hmm. chemistry and burning the shit to do it, but no, I mean to to start it, it's it's not like uh uh gas engine where it has to get it has to start rolling in order to get going once you've got a reservoir of steam built up you just open the throttle i mean it you know i i get impatient waiting for my coffee in the microwave you know or waiting for kettle to boil i mean it, if you had a huge industrial application or trying to boil a whole thing of water it would take ages you know it would take hours to raise steam to get gone yeah, Jesus, I would big disadvantage for it. I mean, for it, uh, yeah. So, what I don't get is like in a steampunk society. Oh, I, I don't know how you know it's cool. I mean, you ever see the designs for steampunk? It's like fucking badass. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun, it's goofy. I like all the old. H.G. Wells, Jules Verne stuff as much as the next guy. I just, like, if you're saying that it's a slow build-up, how in the hell is it in steampunk society, everything going going looks a lot faster than what it is, no? I'm not sure I understand the question. 
in a steampunk society, everything looks like it's moving very fast. Not always as slow as what you were describing with your coffee example in the microwave thing, right? So my well, question is, is no. how, are, how do they, besides the idea of fictional land, how do they develop a quicker reaction time with steam? And could you utilize that? So what you're asking is, how do I boil water really, really fast? I guess so. I mean, I, I figure more wood, more fire, more, you know, water, more. Holy shit, we have air and steam and hot air and water molecules bouncing around and doing their thing. Uh, well, we kind of already touched on this. I mean, really, a, a, you can only get so much thermal energy out of a chemical reaction. Uh, a nuclear reaction is much more efficient. But I doubt steampunk societies have a nice, you know, large heaping of uh, uranium inside of their, uh, you know, everywhere. Considering Why the hell not? I don't know. It's steampunk, not uranium punk. We've we've already covered this. I'm aware of that. I'm just trying to figure out like why they. I mean, it takes so long for a steam engine to get going. To boil right? water. Well, yes, I get that. In their society, like I'm thinking in London, like there was a Batman movie that was all animated. It was all steampunk. It was incredibly badass, right? Everything is powered by steam. The cars, the the uh, the lights, the the lamps in your houses, the uh, all of the infrastructure with the lamps in your house are still powered by steam. I hate to break it to you. Yes, but it was steam. It wasn't electricity. That you mean? Oh, you mean gas lamps? Yes, gas lamps. That's not steam. That's just gas. Okay, it's, it's steampunk. It's natural gas. But they don't use natural gas in steampunk. That defeats the whole purpose, no? You you can burn natural gas to make steam. Nick, the lights in your house, the, the lights running your computer right now are, I, are steampunk. Do you, you, you see those giant trains and barges that roll past carrying all that coal? It's going to the power plant, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I get that. I'm just I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around how they can generate a society they, based they off can't. of like it's fictional. I'm, I'm aware they of already it. they already did it. It's a giant. <laughs> they were as steampunky about as they could. Look, the first the first thing that really got steampunk going, besides maybe renewed interest in Vern and Wells and stuff, was the Difference Engine by uh, was. Gibson? I think it was. It was the cyberpunk guy. It was uh, Gibson. What, yeah, cyberpunk I mean the. 2007? Yeah, the same guy who wrote. Was it just called Cyberpunk? I don't know. It, it was the one with Keanu Reeves. I just remember loving it because Keanu Reeves is the lovable guy. Like, uh, it was a bad movie, but it was a fun movie. So. This was uh, a video game, buddy. What? Cyberpunk 2077. No, I made you watch the movie. I made you watch the Cyberpunk movie with Keanu Reeves in it. 
with like no. this the robo dolphin. Oh, that really, really crappy oh, was one. Nero Man, sir. Was that the name of the movie? No, no. This one was where they uh, upload. Uh, it's like it's all. It's not cyberpunk. No, cyber Johnny Punk. Mnemonic. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's like I can only store twelve gigabytes. Yeah, Keanu uh, Reeves is running head. around, and it's like they're using his brain as a thumb drive for evil Japanese mega corporations. Oh, that was such a interesting movie. I mean, I love Keanu Reeves. But that was not his best work. No, um, uh, he wrote. The same guy who wrote that wrote the Difference Engine, which was the first steampunk thing. I read that. It was it was fine. It was fine. It was silly. It was fine. It was okay. Okay, so you yeah, absolutely the, the, hated it. But uh, Gibson is not an engineer. I mean, I am I am assuming he comes from a computer background, or at least uh, he's more literary. Well, he's he's not a Mechanical engineer. What what is his alma mater? What is Gibson's name? William. He's not trying to say, "Oh, well, this is how." Well, the point is that they invented the computer centuries early, and that's how they were able to get away with more efficient steam engines and stuff. They, Mm -hmm. they, the big one was that they were able to have okay. So in the 80s, they invented the credit card. And it was like a big, nice. stupid card. And like it, it had punch holes in it that stored the information instead of electronically or whatever. And like when you went and bought something at the, at the store, right at the mall or whatever old-fashioned thing you were doing, like you gave them the card and they ran it through this whole, this big slide-over thing that went ka-chunk and read all the holes and marked down your information and stuff, blah, 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 blah. Handled it by phone or fax or whatever internet they had back then. From there, instead of yeah. cashing a check or whatever. And in the book, they're able to do that in the 1800s. They they had uh you you had a a, a card with punched holes in it, and you went to chunk, and it was hooked up to the telegraph and to these me- huge mechanical computers that they had. And his big thing was like, oh well. It's not that everything's running on steam and now and isn't that neat. His big thing was like, well, they could have made the computer centuries early and had credit cards, but who the hell cares? Is I think to myself in that entire scenario that like Batman movie takes place in London, everything's steampunk, everything's got steam or some kind of air pneumatic device or whatever. And it's just like Johnny Mnemonic running around London trying to catch Jack the Ripper. Ah, I gotta download my one gigabyte of memory to fucking give to the London police and whatever, whatever. And then Batman shows up and it's like Johnny the Ripper is trying to blow up London in the steampunk era because everything is like pressurized to the nines. And it's like, how is that entire genre not a nuclear holocaust waiting to happen like those bomb like there's bombs in everywhere and it's just it, it yeah, bothers that's, me that, that's why it didn't work i know but it just bothers me that nobody's written a story like that or like it's not it just seems like a very big flaw that i'm just now considering and it's bothering me 
Yep. I mean, it's, uh, the Industrial Revolution's pretty crazy. Really upended everything. It was, I mean, can you imagine seeing a steam train for the first time when you've never seen anything bigger or more powerful than a horse in your entire life? It would be terrifying. It's huge and loud and smells bad. And it's economically destroying your agrarian way of life. That's fine. It helped us conquer the West, Brett. That's all there is to it. Just conquer the West. That's all you gotta do. Now, I am curious though, with these steam engines, how do they work? Like what's the what like what's the play by play, step by step? Like step one is put the coal inside of the nice little place. Burn the coal. Coal then boils you have, water. You have steam, don't you? Like the online games platform, not sponsored, by the way. Although, Gabe, if you want to sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, somebody made a free demonstration of a steam engine that you can download. You can turn the heat up and, and open the valve and all that. Let's yeah, see dope. how it works. Uh, I oh. mean, the, the gist of it is that you're turning wood water into motion right and to do that you gotta boil the water into steam and raise pressure from there and that goes into a piston right you're using the steam to turn a small space into a bigger space Mm -hmm. and when that moves it's moving a series of linkages attached to a wheel and there's your uh, rotary motion. Interesting. Uh, it's hard to explain anything without pictures, which is why a podcast is a bad format for engineering. It is, but we like Steam Engine Simulator is what it's it. called. So we just tell people to go there and have them sponsor us. Uh, Perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, you get to uh, raise water in the thing and raise heat. You get to say, okay, okay, turn the... Yeah, I'm I mean, assuming the... you're playing with it right now. Oh, is that what... The... Are you hearing the noise of the steam engine? Sorry. Uh, I am. <laughs> it ain't no worry, boss. How else are you going to explain something? If you can't show it, you got to do it and kind of give it your best, best look. Right. The, the tricky bit is that you need your piston to reciprocate. You know, you've, mm-hmm. you've got to have the steam push the piston down, and then you've got to have a second piston that's going to move it back after you have the steam vented through it, and there's a series of sliding parts and all that do that. So uh, what was... I, all of this sounds very intricate. What, I guess, what makes it to where... Because I know these. you said these things blow up quite a bit, so how do, how do they... How do they blow up? Like, what component was like, LOL, I'm blowing up well, now because I'm broken. You know, a tea kettle? 
Yeah. That's the bit that blows up. The the boiler is usually oh. the bit that's under the most pressure. And it's kind of like a reservoir for steam, kind of like a fire extinguisher. You know, it's a big metal tube with stuff under pressure inside it. Damn. Uh, and when you've, you've got a fire under it, the fire is going to... I mean, metal bends better when it's warm. That's that's what I learned in all my metallurgy classes, you know? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's... and you've got it on under pressure and it's hot. You know, it, it, it'll get weak and tear. Is there a good... Is there a gooder analogy for this? A gooder analogy. Yeah, like, what, um, what do you liken this to? And, uh, hmm. I don't know, have you ever held a lighter up to a balloon that's about to burst? It would probably explode. Well, I know, like, in my mind's eye, I can imagine inside of a balloon, or, like, I can imagine a pipe, and you've got pressure coming in. I got it. Your pipe's in the winter, right? Oh. When... So your pipes in the winter, they're constantly like more or less to talking about the copper stuff, not that shark bait stuff that you see all the time. So these, oh, yeah. what, is, what is that plastic stuff called? With the use for hot and cold water? It, it's it, it, all it is is just plastic, but it's, it's easier to do. But copper has been around for so long, like houses just have it. Yeah. But the, nobody's going to steal the, plastic tubes out of your house yeah uh, and your the copper will come into your house though they then change it to like they have an adapter piece and then they run everything to the through the uh, pex pieces and sorry the shark bites not the pex pieces the uh what what was i where was i going with this oh so with a copper tube if it's cold weather you know that those copper tubes end up bursting quite a bit in the winter and that's because there's a difference in pressure and it the inside of the copper tube it, it remains a constant degree of temperature so let's say that it's 33 degrees inside of that copper tube right outside of that copper tube it is a constant it's constantly lowering and water freezes and starts to change form at a certain what's it what's it change at like it's not zero it's uh what's it turned into ice i forget what degree that is do you remember buddy what was that the when does water change into ice like what degree temperature zero okay so whenever it reaches zero or and 32 Okay, so when it changes at 32 or zero or whatever, that direct change starts to, it, it's changing on the outside, but staying on the inside. And so when the difference in temperature starts to happen more and more and more and more, it builds up pressure based off the difference in temperature because water likes to expand. And then as soon as that pipe breaks, because it's at its breaking point, the water expands and turns into ice instantly. And so it's kind of like your boiler analogy. Because you were asking me what was the best kind of analogy to give them. That's all I can think of. 
What do you think about that one, buddy? Ha! A little bit much. Well, okay, yes, I delivered. You know when a copper pipe is weird pressure put on it and it explodes? Well, here's an analogy for a copper pipe gets put under weird pressure and explodes. It works. All right. I think it was a good one. I enjoyed the analogy, and I'm sure everybody else did too. So, ha. Ha. Ha, 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 ha. So, regardless, I think we've pretty much talked about all the aspects of the steam engine. I can't think of anything else that we could broach. Uh. Because I know, like, application-wise, we use it for, we already talked about, uh, you know, nuclear, we've talked about... Why is it important? Because it caught the uh, 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 vicious circle that started the Industrial Revolution. Uh, It's still used in electrical purposes today. Uh... Why did it happen? Because people needed to spin kebabs and pump water out of mines and other important like things. We like picking on kebabs. And we don't like wet mines. No, sir. I want an ice kebab in an ice dry mine with a nice toasty steam engine that's going to explode. That's where I want oh, to be. Oh, baby. I fucking love kebab. Anyway. Uh, kebabs are great. I do have a fun fact for you, though, buddy. About kebabs? I mean, I can get you a fun fact about kebabs. I was going to say about steam engines, and on a high note, instead of, I could really use a kebab right now. Uh, What's that? The most famous steam locomotive, called the Flying Scotsman. I'm sure it had absolutely nothing to do with that Watt guy, who was a Scottish engineer, was built in 1923. It set the world record for the fastest steam locomotive reaching 100 miles per hour in 1934. They was going 100 miles an hour in 1934 before there were any, you know, oh, hey, Ferrari, Lamborghinis, yeah. Isn't that fun, Brett? Isn't that a fun fact? Oh, yeah. All right, guys. I think that's all we got for this episode. Brett's over here. I'm done with Nick. I'm done with your fun facts. Well, you know what, Brett? I think uh, I think we're done. So, do you have any last minute things you want to tell everybody? Uh. Oh, it was a great ending point. Do have a, Do math. Do math. Hmm. Because then you can do things. Mm, Wise words. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one.